0: Uh, you know, basic for lack of a better word to be able to get in and do the damage that it could potentially do. I think that's something else that uh, should probably be high on the on the spidey senses as well. You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Hey, this is Nika Monford, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva.
1: Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech.
0: And welcome to the Snobble West Show. The show for Apple snobs where we talk all things Apple and then some. We want to take a moment before we hop into the show to thank our Patreon and non-Patreon supporters for your continued support of the show. If you want to become a Patreon supporter and get access to some exclusive content and exclusive um. Other features, uh, definitely head on over to patreon.com slash to get all of the information. With that being said, we're going to jump into the lowdown where we talk all things Apple. First up on the deck, Apple has to pay out some ducats. And this is for the, quote, a butterfly keyboard that got so many complaints from people um, going back all the way to, I believe, what is it, maybe 2015? Um, and this is essentially the way the the keyboard was made. People were saying that the slightest little thing that gets up under any of the keys, whether it be dust or whether it be dirt, Anything like that, it makes it difficult to type and it makes the keys sticky or unresponsive. And this was on MacBooks, Pros, and Airs. And I think Apple tried to fix it a few different times and it ultimately just, you know, they redesigned the keyboard to get rid of the butterfly keyboard, so. With that being said, again, like I said, $50 million is going out to Apple customers, but it has to be for customers who bought any of the MacBook, the Air, or the Pros between 2015 and 2019. And this is only in seven states, California, Florida, Illinois, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, and Washington State. And what the payout looks like, of course, there are tiers to everything. Based on Reuters, uh, the lawyers are saying that customers can expect a maximum payout of $395 for people who had to replace their keyboards multiple times. 125 uh, to those who had to replace the keyboard once, and $50 to those people who had to have keycaps replaced. Um, so it wasn't just the keyboard itself that was one of the issues in the complaint. It was that the repair system was broken. Uh, they were just sending new keyboards, but the keyboards were the same. So they keep having the same issue over and over again. So, um, I think, uh, with the latest, uh, MacBooks and pros and airs that started in 2021, no more butterfly keyboard. us all new keyboard, and so far, no reports of issues or
1: complaints. Yep. So um, there's a little bit of reaching here. If, if in my opinion, the the um, people who brought the class action lawsuit are saying that Apple knew that the the, the keyboards were faulty and tried to hide it. Mm-hmm. Um. That may or may not be the case, Um, but the fact that Apple tried to fix it, the fact that Apple tried to replace the faulty keyboards with the same type of keyboard when Apple tried to go through multiple generations of MacBooks with the same type of keyboard knowing that people were um, submitting, people were experiencing issues, leads led this settlement that Apple has to pay $50 million. Again, you know, one is Apple, so, you know, every little issue is going to be blown up. Exacerbated. But, right. But at the same time, you know, the fact that Apple could just could not get this keyboard right. And then decided to just move on to a whole new design leads you to believe that Apple knew something was wrong and we're not going to be able to fix it. So we're just going to do something totally different, which adds to the fact that they actually had to uh, make this settlement. Now, did Apple know the butterfly keyboard was faulty from the jump and decided to just do all these kind of cloak and dagger, you know, Things that you typically see out of a company trying to hide and conceal something no I don't think Apple did that but the fact that they couldn't get it right they kept trying to fix it they kept replacing and replacing and replacing and then they just moved on to something new (laughs) people was like no man you can't do that right so uh, I had a 2016 MacBook Pro with this butterfly keyboard that I eventually traded in for my M1 Pro MacBook. I didn't have any issues at all with the uh, butterfly keyboard. My wife currently has a 2019 MacBook Air with this butterfly keyboard. And she's rough, more rough on keyboards than I am. Not wiping it down, not cleaning it. And to my knowledge, she hasn't experienced any issues with her keyboard. So... Even though a lot of customers were having issues and the customers that were having issues just could not get it fixed. Um, I can see why they're upset, but at the same time, I don't believe that it was a faulty design from the jump. And the fact that myself, of course, I'm just one person with just two. Computers, (laughs) (laughs) Computers, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure there are millions of other well, not yeah, millions of other millions of other people yeah. who purchased these keyboards that either had them or sold them or got rid of them or still have them, aren't experiencing that issue. So that kind of um, heightens the I- uh strengthens the idea that Apple didn't necessarily know that this keyboard design was faulty from the jump, because there are people out there with this exact keyboard that who no didn't problems. have any issues.
0: Well, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. So I think that's probably what this outcome is. And honestly, for Apple, it's much easier for them to just say, here's the 50 mil and keep it moving because 50 million is not going to do anything to their bottom line. Uh So, you know, it's probably, I don't know. I don't work for Apple. I don't know. I don't speak for anybody that works for Apple, but this seems that this may be a bit of a nuance uh, a nuisance that's what I'm looking for a nuisance mm-hmm. uh, lawsuit that they can make go away and get off their books with 50 million dollars and everybody goes away with something and on to the next lawsuit.
1: right well well the issue um, again, Apple's um, good standing and their their uh, r- rapport with customers at large won't be affected. But yeah. the fact that when people were saying there's something wrong and Apple actively just saying, oh, well, just here's another one and here's mm-hmm. another one and here's another one really uh, doesn't speak to the level of we love our customers, you know, that people expected. So which is probably why, mm, you know, a lot of people
0: emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they didn't feel hey. coddled or taken care of. Right, right, right. You know, from what
1: you expect from Apple. Because when you go into yeah. an Apple store, they take care of you. You know, if you got an issue. Everybody's they, friendly
0: and nice right, and right. helpful.
1: In, in most cases, if you have an issue with your device, they typically give you a new one. Now, I'm not talking about you know, multiple thousands of dollars of MacBooks, but you know, typical things it's like Apple was kind of like, yeah, we'll just make sure we get you taken care of. And I'm assuming that these people who brought this lawsuit were well, probably the lawyers who brought this lawsuit, <laughs> uh, felt, like, <laughs> felt, felt, felt like Apple was not standing up to that, you know, good customer service, uh, with these particular keyboards.
0: Right. Because the max that someone can get is about $400. The men is about $40. So for an individual person, each individual person that lawsuit, you know, it's money, but it's not anything that is earth shattering. But you know who is getting earth shattering money? The attorneys. Right. They are getting Apple money. And then that's something they could add on their resume, successfully sued Apple in a class Mm -hmm. action lawsuit. So they can kind of get some, some mileage out of that. So again, mm-hmm. you know, for the people who are affected again, if you have any of the Macs, MacBook, MacBook air, MacBook pro between 2015 and 2019 in California, Florida, Illinois, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, and Washington, you will be able to submit, uh, your claim and, uh, get somewhere between three ninety five and $50 back from, from Apple next up in apple tv news apple apple tv plus news um the i guess cult favorite cult classic ted lasso is wrapping up its third and final season you may say why are they ending in the third season it's so popular everyone loves it they got merch you know they've won Emmys and Golden Globes and Critics' Choice, all these types of awards. So nobody really wants to leave. None of the, the major players are all kind of, you know, giving their, their, their spill about, you know, how much they love the show, how much they don't want it to end, all those good things. But I read uh, Brett Goldstein, who also plays Roy Kent, he is an executive producer of the show, When they first brought this show, um, developed it, and, you know, put it out, it was only expected to go three seasons from Jump. And they were writing the show to only go three seasons. They probably didn't anticipate how much of a fan favorite, how much money it would make, how many awards it would get from Mm -hmm. a little show about an American coaching, you know, British uh, football are. Uh, yeah. So um, mm-hmm. I'm definitely sad to see it go. I have to thank a uh, shout out to Charlotte Henry, uh, formerly of Mac Observer, for really being one of the people who put me onto the show. I've seen people talk about it. I was like, yeah, whatever. And then she was raving about it. And I was like, let me check it out. I watched it and was immediately hooked. So um, it'll definitely be sad to see it end but do you think it's actually going to end uh well yeah
1: um because same thing with Issa Rae's insecure same thing with um this is us same thing with this is us maybe maybe not even this is us
0: because um well they I said they were why. only going to do 6 seasons okay all right From the, uh, same
1: down. yeah same thing with um there's a comedy show on uh Comedy Central that Jordan uh, um, Jordan Peele and uh, Keegan Michael Key. I can't think of their mm-hmm. show. They only did five, four or five seasons and just stopped. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I think the typical uh, uh, thought process is quit while you're ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so go out, pretty, go out while you're on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go out while you're on top. I think is the idea behind uh, Ted Lasso um, because, you know, again, uh, sure. They could probably keep on going and keep on going, but eventually, you know, they'll be searching for a way to end this. And then especially when i again, I'll go back to it time and time again with our short attention spans. Sure. While Ted Lasso is the hit right now, something else will come and we'll, our attention will be, taken off and then before you know it characters might be having problems uh they may be trying to accept other roles uh the actors may want more money instead of going through all those typical issues that come along with a long-standing show just quit just 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 go out on a high note you know that'll give the actors that'll give the writers the producers plenty of opportunity to milk this success and put it in other things versus it seeming like okay well they filmed Tet lasso for eight seasons and now you know it kind of put it down to an end and now these people are scrambling to get more work when they're only known for this
0: character this show. Yeah.
1: for this particular show versus you doing three seasons you know you can kind of leverage that in my opinion you could probably leverage that a little bit more versus that be the only thing you're known for
0: Mm -hmm. yeah like i said it's going to be sad to see it go because it really is a, a, a really great show and i'm looking forward to going into season three i think they said there are only a couple of episodes short of finishing it so hopefully by you know the fall or you know late fall likely um we'll get the last third season and I'm interested to see how they go out because season two ended on a bit of a shocker uh so uh looking forward to to season three and you know we'll enjoy it while we have it and uh you know there's a new uh series on apple tv plus uh, loot with Maya Rudolph and Michaela J Rodriguez that's actually really good as well so you know leading out of one leading into another so Uh, It'll be sad to see those characters go, but it was a fun ride uh, while we have it. Mm -hmm. The last thing that we have in uh, the lowdown, we talked, uh, was it last week or maybe the week before, about lockdown mode. Uh, It was a new feature from Apple that allowed you to basically lock down your phone or lock down your device if it got um, severely compromised well this particular feature would probably come in very handy and this is a perfect use case for this for this lockdown mode so uh cyber researchers at a firm called EST discovered a previously unknown uh, macOS malware um it uses um is based on cloud storage and it uses that to spy on the compromised uh devices Um, They've named it Cloud Minasys, and um, it's a a backdoor malware that can get into your system. It can uh, see your keystrokes, documents, screen captures, other data um, from an infected Mac. It can also list email messages, attachments, and files from removal storage. Um, It uses um, publicly available cloud storage systems such as pCloud, which I haven't heard of, Yandex Disk, which I haven't heard of, and Dropbox, which I have heard of and which I use. And it basically uses these cloud storage systems to communicate and pass this malware through to specifically targeted machines. So based on the research that they found is that it's very specific and it seems that the people who created this malware um, are looking for very specific people. As we mentioned last week with the lockdown mode, typically, you know, they are spying on specific people and they are saying that they believe that this malware is very limited in distribution, meaning that it hasn't hit very many people and the people that it has hit, they are specifically targeted and they want those specific machines to have this type of malware. So um it uses what they're saying uh a bypass uh the known flaws that are that has the ability to bypass Mac OS mitigation. So meaning they can exploit specifically known flaws to get into your system. The good thing is, one, is very limited and most people won't be affected by this. And two, if your Mac is properly updated, you are more than likely safe from this particular uh, malware. Again, it is targeted to specific machines, so it's not likely that this will will hit you but it is out there and it's just another reminder make sure you update your devices when new apple updates come out
1: uh well and also not to be dark but you know the whole advantage of buying a mac or buying apple products in general was because oh you don't have the same malware issues buying a pc or buying an android device the number of targeted attacks created for pcs and all the crap you get when you try to buy an android device uh hackers are much more focused on those things because it's easier yeah. than uh, low-hanging creating, fruit right better than uh creating malware for apples and macs which a very small subset of people actually use. Well, as things are starting to change, as Macs and specifically iOS devices are uh, becoming more prevalent and everybody's using the cloud, which is what this cloud menses thing does. It uses cloud storage to infiltrate your computer. Since that's becoming widely used, widely spread, and more and more people are buying Macs, that adage that, oh, just buy a Mac. You don't have to worry about malware is quickly not becoming the case.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, which I think is probably a little bit more sinister is not only it's not the kind of low hanging fruit you mentioned before the malware that gets through a max are pretty powerful. You have to be pretty, you know, hardcore to get through all of the things. So when a piece of malware does get through you better believe it's coming for everything. And one of the things that I did think uh, that I noticed was interesting that is likely going to change as well. One of the researchers, I'm not going to attempt to pronounce his name because it looks very French, but uh, we'll put the link in the show notes. He says that when they looked at the code, the quality of the code was very generalized generalized, and that it appeared that whoever created this malware was not very familiar with how Macs are development and Mac development. So it looked looked like it was a very rudimentary type of malware. But for a piece of malware to be, uh, you know, basic for lack of a better word, to be able to get in and do the damage that it could potentially do, I think that's something else that uh, should probably be high on the on the Spidey senses as well yep so that is going to wrap well, up well before you get
1: that far uh, okay. so, uh something i just added uh okay. ios 15.6
0: ah iOS it was just released
1: Mac os 12.5 watch os 8.7 tvOS 15.6 all released today uh nothing major uh, most of it is bug fixes and security patches with the exception of ios 15.6 and iPad OS 15.6 adds the ability to pause, rewind, restart and fast forward a live sports game in the TV app and fixes a few bugs in the settings, mail and safari. So uh, make sure if you want to stay up to date, uh, iOS 15.6 versus and macOS watchOS TV OS, you'll probably have an update waiting for you if you have not updated already. And real quick, I just wanted to say the reason why I think this is not important, but the reason why I think this is significant is because Apple TV is getting, it has major league baseball live games mm-hmm. on Apple TV Plus, and they're trying to get NFL this season. So uh. the fact that iOS and iPad OS and I think uh, TV OS gets this updates to ability to pause rewind or restart fast forward live sports games uh, become significant especially if they get uh, some version of
0: nfl uh this coming season oh nice definitely especially as it relates to the previous uh story go ahead and and get your updates done and in place not only to get the newness but also to make sure that your devices are safe and protected Now, heading on in to a second string, where we talk all things tech, we're going to kick it off with a little AR. Google, they are out in these AR streets, ready to start testing in the quote unquote real world. At their conference this year, um, they um, made, I guess, announcement, about their augmented reality um, devices and um, they are now in the phase where they are ready to test their prototype out in the real world starting next month. So because of the possible ramifications of what this device could do to unsuspecting people, um, they are having a small scale testing and it's only going to be a select few Google employees and other special testers, um, who will have access to this and who will be able to, um, test this out in the wild, so to speak. Um, and Google says that they are doing it this way because it's only so much you can do. So only so much testing can do in a lab environment, which is very much true, especially when this whole thing is meant to make your daily life a little bit easier as you are out in the public. So with that being said, the small-scale testing, the small group of people that they're using have undergone, quote, device protocol, privacy, and safety training. Um, Google doesn't say where this testing is going to be had. Beyond uh, what it says, select areas in the U.S. So they will be doing testing in the United States. My guess is they're in Silicon Valley, probably out San Francisco, Cupertino, San Jose. That area would be my guess. But listen to this: so they're doing this real world testing. They're taking these these glasses out for a, a test run. But the following places will be excluded from testing: schools, government buildings, healthcare locations, places of worship, social service locations. Areas meant for children, examples, schools and playgrounds, emergency response locations, rallies or protests and other similar places. So one might say, what's left? (laughs) Where else can they, uh, possibly go? I'm assuming they scout out some locations. Um, but they said these, this prototype, um, will look like normal glasses with an in-lens display. It will have microphones and cameras, even though they won't be used for capturing, um, and storing anything, meaning the microphone and the cameras. Um, but, uh, they're hoping from what it seems like to me, the best usage is if you're out going somewhere and you're trying to get directions, you will have the the little in lens showing you where to turn, where to go, or a voice saying, you know, turn left here, turn right here, um, that type of thing. But it does indicate there will be an LED that is saying that uh, an image is being saved for analysis or debugging or whatever the case may be. But if someone by them sees that, hey, you're recording me, they can ask the tester to delete the image and the data and it will be removed.
1: Well, what so. they don't want, what, what they don't want is Google Glass because Google Glass that was the issue. If you remember back in the day when Google Glass came out, uh, <laughs> people were creeped out by people walking around with these cameras and these recorders on their face and you know all of the privacy advocates pushed back which maybe partially maybe had a may, had a significant reason as to why google glass ultimately fizzled out mm-hmm. so why while google gla- uh, google is trying part two of this they made sure to put out all of these things as to where you can't use them what will they what what they will be recording and what they will be able to keep and all of these other things in my opinion solely to avoid the google glass catastrophe that led to the demise of the product so what they're trying to do is instead of
0: they're getting ahead of it
1: (laughs) yeah yeah they're trying to get way ahead of it so much so like you said well if i can't use it at school if i can't use it at my job if i can't use it uh emergency response if i can't use it with my kids if i can't use it none where else can i use it you Mm -hmm. know uh we'll have to see but again i think all that is google's like yeah we've learned we've learned our lesson we were and this is what we're trying to do to uh, mitigate it uh, going forward. So it's sad, well, not sad. It's preemptive um, not to make a dope product. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> like they're preemptive like to just cover their butts. Yeah, if and definitely when. CYA. Yeah, definitely if something goes wrong, which I don't know, I'm not a developer, I'm not a product maker, I'm not a creator like that, but you create a product to make people's lives better. You don't make a, you don't create a product to say, all right, uh, if you use it this way, don't blame us. <laughs> Cause we Yeah.
0: Told you. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's one of the things where they're saying that they can't really, you know, recreate the environments that they will see in a lab. Absolutely. But you're narrowing your scope so much because of privacy issues, because of Previous, you know, issues with um with the another device, and I completely get it. My question would be, so how much is this going to help you in the overall development? Maybe they've identified situations that can be, you know, they're specifically for one thing, but can be translated for something else. So, say if you're able to, one of the uh, examples I give is looking at a menu. So maybe if you're able to look at a menu in a restaurant whether it be on paper whether it be you know on a banner maybe that's a use case that says maybe if you're in the hospital and you're looking at labs or you're looking at the board those are the same type things that would be my presumption on the testing and development side is figuring out what are non controversial use cases that can have potentially additional usage down the line.
1: Let me me help you out. There's no such thing as a non-controversial issue because anytime (laughs) anybody feels like they are being watched, they're being recorded, they're being under surveillance, people are gonna push back, rightfully so. But like you mentioned, that constrains the possibilities of the product so much to where it becomes useless because yeah. if you've got to go through all these checklists before you put the dag on things on your face then what's the point especially if they're gonna cost five six seven eight nine hundred dollars because I'm assuming they're not going to be you know the the snapchat glasses that's yeah. like 60 or seventy bucks you know
0: right. uh no obviously Google- you can see yeah. in the in the the article that we are reading from nine to five Google they the image that they put out is. Um, basically proto- previous prototypes. So you don't know if the final is going to look something that is on this image or if it's going to be something completely different. So they're give you kind of like the different iterations. So you don't know exactly what they're going to look like. But honestly, looking at the images, they look like, you know, my consumer, glasses, black frame. Consumer,
1: yeah. yeah, consumer-friendly glasses yeah. that you won't be able to use <laughs> if you walk outside your house. <laughs>
0: yeah, So, and I don't know, yeah, I don't know how they're going to make this work because if you put them on, it immediately starts capturing. When I was mentioning non-controversial, I'm meaning if you're looking at a menu, then there's no privacy concerns looking at a menu that's publicly available. Whereas if you're looking at a piece of paper that has like your medical history or your medical results on it, But at the same time, even if that's the case, if you have the glasses on when you walk into the doctor's office, it is going to capture other people that are in there. They may be filling out. I mean, it's a lot of things that these things can capture. So again, uh, I'm interested to see what they test and where they test and how using this limited scope this is actually going to yield them any useful information. So I doubt we'll see what the results are. I doubt we'll get anything uh, useful out of this other than just the knowledge that they're going to be, you know, a half a dozen people, a few dozen people out there, um, you know, with these glasses on. And I'm sure they'll have something specifically on them to highlight them so that people know that they are a thing um, otherwise, how would someone know to say, hey, you know, delete that footage if they don't know you're actually doing something? So, uh, yeah, I don't know what the overall uh, takeaway from this is with this limited scope. And we probably never will know because they're not going to tell us.
1: And it ain't coming out because you know how <laughs> Google is. <laughs> They'll start something <laughs> quick and hot
0: review. <laughs> All right, uh, heading over to uh, the next thing. Um, if you are a Patreon supporter, uh, you know that this particular thing uh, may be of very much interest to me as I have a couple of things coming up next month. Alaska Airlines will let flyers use a digital baggage tag. So, you know, when you go to the airport, you check in, you go and take your bag, you weigh your bag, they print out this long piece of paper. For check stick it on, luggage. Get for check luggage. It. Yeah, for check luggage. Yeah. And um, seal it up, put it on the conveyor belt, give you the other piece of it with the baggage claim number thing on it, and you're on your way. Well, Alaska Airlines are rolling out um, electronic bag tags. So they will be small, programm- programmable devices that um, they have quote e-paper displays and they are set to replace the paper tags. Um, this is fairly new. They are uh, slowly rolling this out. Um, it's starting uh, at the San Jose Airport in California. The airline is going to give out uh, 2,500 of the tags for free to so their frequent flyer members um, late this year. And um, other people will be able to purchase the layer. But what this does is, you know, when you're at home, before you get to the airport, you go ahead and check in. You can't get your baggage tag until you get to the airport. Well, with this device, you will be able to get your electronic tag as you, when you check in onto the little tag. It looks like a regular, you know, what you'd write your name on if you lost your luggage that type of thing so this particular um little device it's uh currently being used at some airlines the only one of these that i rec- that i recognize is lufthansa um but bag tag is what the manufacturer is called and um the good thing is it doesn't have to be charged um of course it doesn't need any paper um and you as the consumer can you know use nfc it uses nfc you can hold your iphone or android whatever you use um next to the tag and transmit the information straight to the bag tag of course this will help save the planet because it's less paper it'll give um, people the ability to literally just drop off your bag because they say bag drop off but you can only drop off if you're checking luggage after you get the the plastic thing i mean the the sticky hooky thing that goes on your luggage. So I think this is pretty cool. I definitely think this is going along the road. I hope because I hate having to stand in line after I've already done my checking in, I have my boarding pass, all that stuff. That means I still have to get in line to drop off my bag. So uh, I'm all for it.
1: I'm curious as to why uh, no major U.S. airlines are using this in the story they mentioned all these other airlines, Alaska Air, of course, Air Dol- Dolomitri, Dolomiti, Austrian, China Southern, Lufthansa.
0: L- L- Lufthansa. It's a German L- airline. That's L- the only one honestly, I recognize, and that's a pretty big one.
1: Yeah, and Swiss. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. No Delta, no Southwest, no U.S. American Air. You know, I'm curious. Is there? Is there something? Is it some sort of regulation? Is there some... Uh, Is there some restriction that is stopping? Because the reason why I say that, because it seems pretty practical, seems pretty common sense, especially now we're moving into more of um, um, contactless everything from menus to travel. You you would think this is make common sense for you to be able to have a a tag that you can change depending on where you're flying when you're checking your luggage seems pretty practical, but there's got to be a reason. As to why major U.S. Air, uh, airlines are not using these,
0: or as big as Delta is, maybe they're coming up with their own version. Um, I don't know. I don't know how much these things cost, but based on what Alaska Airlines is saying, they're giving you know them away to certain members, and then certain then other people can can buy them. So I don't know. That's a very interesting question, or maybe it is just so new, maybe these larger airlines want to see how it works on someone else's stuff before they go all in. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, but, that,
1: that would make sense if that's how they did everything and American companies don't do everything like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious as to what the difference is. I may do a little bit more research uh, after the show.
0: Yeah, But yeah, I'm here for it. Uh, I am down for the battery less uh electronic uh back tag here for it all right that is going to wrap up second string yep i don't see anything else so we're going to head over into for the culture and i put, i picked this particular story not for the necessary salaciousness of it but because you brother tech uh in your daily work you um manage these like large scale devices mm-hmm. and and i'm interested to get your perspective on if what they're saying is actually is this how it's done mm-hmm. so uh we all know um what happened on january 6th the insurrection where a bunch of people uh right-wingers try to overtake the Capitol and change the election results. Well, it has come to light in the hearings that they are having. Um, there are a lot of things that are coming out, but one of the biggest things recently is that um, this the committee, the January 6th committee requested um, text records from of uh, January 5th and January 6th from the secret service. Well, look here, uh, text messages got deleted and erased and nobody can seem to give a clear answer as to how this happens when they didn't get deleted until after they were requested um, a subpoena meaning that it was going uh, out for for these. They knew that they had to turn these over, but then all of a sudden there was a migration to a new system that happened just weeks after the attack. They, um, it was the way that they managed their electronic records. It left it up to the agents to decide what to lead, what to keep. And when they migrated over to these new system, these new devices, we, all is lost. We don't have it anymore for those specific dates. So my thing is, is this how it works in device management? It doesn't sound right to me, but I don't know.
1: Uh, This is absolutely not how things work. Um, uh, You know, you mentioned, yes, I do do uh, enterprise mobility management. And one of the reasons, one of the main reasons why the systems I use and deploy uh, are important are specifically for instances like this when data needs to be collected or preserved, uh, depending on, you know, who the person is, what kind of data they're using, what their daily job is, things of that nature. It's, it's, it's to, um, to preserve data and to protect company data from being, um,
0: in the wrong hands,
1: not necessarily in the wrong hands, but if I, if I'm issue, if you, if I issue you A company phone right Mm -hmm. and you're supposed to use this for your job we know that (laughs) you are not going to only use this phone for your job
0: purposes okay for work
1: purposes most people who are issued a company phone end up doing personal things on their company phone so the systems that I use and deploy and manage make sure that personal data doesn't corrupt the work data or the the confidential data And that causes a data spill or data loss, which the whole reason for a data spill or data loss is to make sure the company's data is preserved. Right. Right. So that goes into this whole secret service saying that, oh, in the process of migrating old devices to new devices or going to this new system, um, we lost some data. With the systems that I use, the whole point is not to lose the data, is to preserve it, right? And wouldn't so, there be,
0: like, redundancies and, like, backups to the backups?
1: Well, it depends. No? It, it depends, right? I can't say what system Secret Service is using. Um, their Their system may have been to where the text messages are separate, mm-hmm. and it was just a company policy to... Uh, they, they, there was only a company policy around uh, the text messages, not a device policy. Mm-hmm. If it was a device policy, there would have been redundancies and backups and whatever. But if it was just the group, the, you know, saying, OK, well, this is how we're going to use text messages. Then there very well could have been the secret service was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> they want this information. We don't want to give it to them. So, oh, all of a sudden it disappeared, it deleted. We deleted stuff Poof, because it was finish. part of this. Right, right, right. They could have very well did that if the device policy, um, the, 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 there wasn't a device policy for the text messages. Okay. The systems that I use, you can absolutely lock it down to where the data cannot be deleted mm-hmm. if you turn that feature on. And uh-huh. I'm, maybe I'm guessing the Secret Service or whomever was managing, didn't turn those things on, or maybe, you know, I get it. The secret service, they're called secret, right? So, you know, it kind of indirectly um, takes away their ability to be secret. If at any time a state senator can just say, hey, we want to see this data, you know, Secret Service, like, hey, we're the Secret Service. You ain't supposed to see that data. But for them to say, well, since we're the Secret Service, we're just going to delete the data. You can't do that. <laughs> well, you're not supposed to be able to do that. If, it, 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 Like, for instance, with Apple, mm-hmm. when a, a, a government entity comes to Apple and says, hey, we want to see these users' text messages from iMessage. Apple is like, look, the way our phones are set up. We couldn't even see that give that stuff to you if we wanted to because of X, y, and Z, a, B, and C. That's not the case with the Secret Service. Secret Service is saying, uh, we don't feel like giving you this data because there you may find something and that may kind of upend our whole operation as it relates to the trust that mm-hmm. the President gives to us when protecting them. So instead of trying to go through all that, we're just going to delete these messages. (laughs) Yeah, because
0: it says something in the article about doing like factory resets. Uh, Yeah, uh, Secret Service has started to reset its mobile devices to factory settings as of January 2021 as, quote, a part of a pre-planned three-month system migration. But I don't know. Anytime, like, especially, I don't know, I would assume it's not a one-for-one, but on social media, when an outgoing presidency, you know, once they leave, Mm -hmm. they the Twitter account goes away, but they have to keep it archived. So if you go to any of the people in uh, 44 in Obama's administration, it's like archived POTUS 44. They change like all of the names from the active, you know, POTUS account to the archived potus account so i would think that there would be some sort of procedures and protocols to protect against this um, there
1: would, there would only if the people follow them
0: mm, uh, again the yeah. secret
1: services sound like they were like you know what we don't want to get caught up in all this you know january 6th stuff so we're just going to delete the text messages i mean kind of simply boils down to that right mm-hmm. uh the question you're asking is can they do that you know with these device management systems and policies and the answer is yes you can do it only if those policies are disabled and I'm Mm -hmm. assuming my assumption is the Secret Service they kind of got together was like you look we don't want to be a part of none of this so we're just going to get rid of these text messages and blame it on whatever blame it on migration blame it on whatever the case may be but y'all not gonna see these text messages
0: Yeah, because it says they left it up to the individual agent to decide what to keep and what to delete.
1: So that leads me to believe that they never really had a device-wide or device-side policy on keeping, saving, archiving text messages. Maybe they had some other stuff, but the text messages, you know, they kind of left that open. And I'm pretty sure, like I said, going back to my original point about if I give you a company phone, nine times out of 10, you're going to use it for personal things. Right. They were using them personal text messages. Oh, not using a personal. They was using the text messages outside of what they're supposed to the be purview using The purview of their for. job. Right. And as a result, they was probably texting back and forth about January 6th,
0: mm-hmm. not
1: thinking that that stuff could come into question. This and is public did, property. Right. Right. And when it did, it's like, oh, wait a minute. We weren't supposed to be doing that. Let's delete these messages right quick.
0: <laughs> Let's delete not only the January fifth and sixth messages, but if I'm out here cheating or doing something I'm not supposed to let me delete these two real quick because we don't want that to come out with the other stuff. So
1: Which which I'm probably I'm pretty sure, like you make a good point. I'm pretty sure they deleted the January sixth stuff because the January sixth stuff would have probably led to some other stuff that Secret Service is doing they ain't got that no they business. Should have, they, that they should have been doing. So it's like, let's just let's just jettison
0: everything. Clean house. <laughs> We're gonna do a factory set. They will never know. Mm-hmm. But that does open up a you know broader issue. I suspect we'll now see some firm policies right. on data management of right. text messages. Maybe I'm, I'm they I'm figured serious. what they had was like a blanket for everything, mm-hmm. whether it be email or texts or photos or whatever. But I'm Pretty sure we're probably going to see, we won't see it, but there's probably going to be some specific language surrounding digital communications.
1: Now tell them to holler at me. I, I'll, settle, I'll straighten them out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Brother Tag, got you. So that is going to wrap up for the culture. Do we have a hookup? It doesn't look like it. Are we going to take a break on the hookup this week?
1: No, I was going to say uh, okay. update your devices to ios 15.6 mac os 12.5 but i kind of talked about that already at the top of the show okay so i'm just going to re- reiterate that uh my hookup this week is ios 15.6 dropped so go ahead and get those updates
0: cool all right that is going to wrap up our show for this week we definitely want to thank you for tuning in and hanging out with us brother tech where are you in the news this week
1: uh nowhere in the news this week but if you want to converse with me on the social medias i am at brother tech b-r-o-t-h-a-t-e-c-h
0: Alright, and I too am not in the news anywhere this week, but you can find me at Tex Diva on all of the socials. If you want to follow us, us being the show, you can definitely head on over to our website, snubwithcast.com, and get all the details on how to connect with us, how to comment, how to share, and how to support our show. With that being said, we're going to wrap it up this week. We definitely thank you for tuning in. Have a good one, everybody.
1: Peace.
0: Bye.